0: Welcome to the Connecting Place Podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. We are in the midst of a series titled, What If? And this series is all about asking this incredibly powerful question that's changed history. And there's a Bible story that comes to mind where someone asked, What If?, that I just want to open up with today. And it has to do with this giant. His name was Goliath and Goliath was the result of fallen angels having relations with women on the earth and they created this race of giants and so uh, mythology has some truth in it concerning these types of things and uh, Goliath was one of the giants that was left he was over nine feet tall he was part of the Philistine army and so he's not just a giant he's superhuman and uh, he came out into a valley and the Philistine army was here the Israeli army was here and the Philistines were attacking and invading Israel. And Goliath just stood out in the valley and he said, you send your toughest guy and I'll fight him. If you guys win, we'll be your slaves. If we win, you'll be our slaves. And Israel had their first king there. His name was Saul. And all the soldiers and King Saul were shaking in their boots. And this went on day after day after day. Finally, this kid comes. He wasn't old enough to be in the army. Probably, you know, high school age. And he comes. His name's David. And David comes to bring his brother's food, and he hears Goliath with the challenge. He sees Goliath, this huge nine-foot-plus guy, and he looks around, and he asks a question. No one else had asked it. He said, what if God helped us slay this giant? Now, you won't read those exact words, but that's what he said. He said, we have a covenant. He doesn't have a covenant. God's on our side. He's not on his side. He went out there with a little sling and a rock, and threw it at the giant, hit him in the head, knocked him out, grabbed the giant's sword and cut his head off. Israel went crazy. They chased down the Philistines. They defeated them, all because one kid said, what if God would help us slay the giant? And history's changed again. David becomes the king. And there are some spiritual questions I think every Christian should ask. And today the question is this, what if we followed Jesus? And I know I'm looking at a room full of people where many of you are following him. There are others that you used to, but you're not. There are others that you are, but you slowed down. There are some this is brand new, and you're wondering, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And there are others, you're not even a Christian yet. And I'm glad everybody is in this room, and I want to encourage all of us to ask this question and to take this question to another level, because Jesus constantly asked people to follow him. It's interesting what the Bible teaches about this. We go to heaven because we see him as Savior, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that he's Lord. The Bible says we can't work our way to heaven. We simply believe. Only God can open us, our, up our eyes to Jesus as Messiah, and when he does, we accept him. But here's what's interesting. Jesus would look at people that believed in him, and he would say, the next step is you need to follow me. And, and that's a whole nother question. It doesn't get us to heaven. It turns us into disciples. And it produces all these rewards for all of eternity because we followed the master. And it keeps our Christianity alive and grows us when we begin to follow him. And I want to show you two times where he said this. The first is him just picking out one of his disciples. And he said this, Matthew 9, 9. Jesus was walking along. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. He said, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. That's pretty pretty cool. He, He left his job, very lucrative job, and he followed Jesus. Jesus did this over and over. Here's a general calling in John 12, 26. He said this, anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. I love that. You serve him when you follow him because his servants must be where he is, and he says, my Father will honor you. There's a difference from just being a Christian and going to heaven and having God honor your life. When God honors you, he blesses every area of your life. He touches your life. He puts his blessings upon you that are so incredible and so unique. He changes everything. But listen to what he says. If you want to be my disciple, you must follow me. And that's the call to every Christian that's in this room, to follow Jesus. And you may be sitting here saying, what does it mean to follow? And I want to just make it as simple as I can. Um, Here at Believers, we have an agenda, and our agenda is to turn you into a follower of Christ. Remember when we taught in our vision series, we titled it Vine We recognize in a crowd like this, we have fans, friends, and followers. Our goal is to take someone from a fan to a friend to a follower. And that's not just our agenda, that's God's agenda. That's why I've made it our agenda. So I'm not trying to turn you into a Pastor Joe groupie or a Believer's Church groupie. I'm trying to turn you into a Jesus groupie. And all I want you to do is follow him with a passion. And as you follow him, if he he wants you hooked up here then I'm excited you're hooked up here. If he wants you hooked up somewhere else, I'm, it's, I'm excited. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is you follow him. So how do you follow Jesus? Well, in Matthew 28, Jesus was ready to ascend into heaven. Uh, he had ra- been raised from the dead. He spent those 40 days and 40 nights with his disciples. Now he's going to go up into heaven, and he said this, said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he said this, teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you, and lo, I'm with you always. The way we follow Jesus is by just simply finding out what he said, finding out what he did, and putting it into practice. So how do we follow him? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels. We read how he reacted We read how he acted in every situation. We we, we watch his life. So it's just like we're Matthew walking with Jesus. We, We just read it, and we see how he lived. We see how he acted. But also, most importantly, we hear what he taught. And a follower of Christ is someone that just devours Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, devours that New Testament, and they say, What did Jesus say? And then we make a decision to put it into practice. And in America, we have a brand of Christianity that's pray pray the magic prayer, which, you know, we have to accept Christ, and then you're okay. And Jesus is saying, no, pray the magic prayer, then follow me. (laughs) Because following him is an amazing thing. Listen to this. When we follow Jesus, we impact our world. And I want you to walk out today never forgetting this. When we follow Jesus, we impact our world. And I'm not talking about you impacting China, There might be a few of you that go over to China and become missionaries, or some of you give to missions in China. That's not what I'm talking about. Your world is the people you rub shoulders with, the people you love, the people you spend time with. And this is automatic. This is not something you have to make happen. If you follow Jesus, you will impact your world because Jesus will change you. And as he changes you, you will impact the world that's all around you. And those people you really love and you'd like to see them accept Christ or you'd like to see them free from what has them in chains, the freedom will come, following Christ will come. It may not come overnight, but if you follow him, you will impact your world. And I scoured the scriptures for years now and I I try to make things simple. So it's kind of like I'm gonna chew this and then give it to you. It's really profound stuff but I make it easy to understand, and I came up with four impacts. These are what I call the four impacts of following Jesus, and these are really incredible. If you follow him, this is what's going to happen in your life, and this is what you're going to do to other people as they get around you, and the first one is so profound, it's going to blow your mind. So are you ready? This, this is my blowing. You're going to see how creative I am. Here it is. Followers, follow. Isn't that creative? But it's so real, and I, ha- I had to read it uh, I say it. L- listen to this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. And, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. So Paul's saying we should imitate a mentor, find someone that follows Christ and imitate them. But then here's what I like about this. All of us can read the Gospels and begin to imitate Jesus, begin to do what he said, Begin to practice what he asked us to practice. And you start to follow him, you'll become like him. Followers follow, followers become like the one they follow. And if you become like the one you follow, let me ask you a question. Is your world gonna be impacted? Absolutely. If Jesus could take my place or your place, and he could go through our day for a month, would he impact the people that we know? We all know Jesus would impact them. But what would happen if we follow Jesus and we became like him, would we not also impact those people the same way? Absolutely, absolutely. And a story came to mind, this is a powerful story about who you follow and what happens depending on who you follow. And I'll take you back about 20 years. Our church was helping some other churches host the National Day of Prayer in Trumbull County and we had rented out Packard Music Hall, we're having a breakfast, we brought in a guest speaker, and so I I had never met the guest speaker, he was from out of town, but he's a preacher, and so we, we had the breakfast, we did all our preliminaries, and then the speaker came up to speak, and I had met him, and he was just a normal guy, talked just like you and I do, just like I'm talking now, but when he got up there, I didn't know this existed, so I didn't know this at the time, but he was a hacking preacher. I didn't know hacking preachers existed. So a hacking preacher sounds something like this. I can't do it exactly like they do because it bothers my throat. But it's sort of like this. And Jesus died for your sins. Cah. And then God you know, raised him from the dead. Cah. And Jesus is alive. Cah. And there's this cah. and it sounds like something's caught in their throat. So here's what happened. I'm telling you the truth, guys. I had one of our leaders sitting next to me and I said to our leader, go get him a glass of water. Something's (laughs) in his throat. So he went and got him a glass of water and he snuck up and put it on the podium next to him and the guy never took a sip. But he caught all the way through his message. It was a good message, but the cause were interrupting my line of thought. And uh, after the message, after the, the teaching that day, Another pastor walked up to me. He saw what I had done and had the guy go take water. He said, you never have heard a hacking preacher? And I said, no, what what is a hacking preacher? He told me there's a denomination and so on and so forth. Well, I researched the hacking preachers, and you know what I found out? It's it's fascinating. When this denomination began, this group of people, they were bivocational preachers. They worked full-time jobs. They worked in the coal mines of West Virginia, and that's back when there was no filtration, no mask. They were just walking in that coal dust all day long. They developed black lung and other lung diseases, and so on the weekend when they preached in their churches, all this ugly phlegm and gunk would come up, and while they were preaching they had to clear their their lungs and their throat, and they would to clear it, and these young boys and young people sitting listening thought that was the anointing, and when they became preachers, they, they didn't work in the coal mines, they didn't have black lung or lung problems, but they did the ka, and they just continued to do the ka, and that denomination is decreasing, but here's why I share it with you. They became like who they followed, and we become like the one we follow. Followers follow, and how cool would it be, and how would it change our life and our world if you and I made a decision to follow Jesus and we followed him with all of our hearts, we would become like Jesus. Now, here's another one, and I love this one, followers fish. They fish. And Jesus said this, followers fish. He said this, he said in Matthew 4:19, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And what I want to emphasize to you here, guys, it's so cool, is that he says, I'll make you a fisher of men. He makes us fishers of men. Now, I know as I'm teaching today, we have folks in here that are really expert fishermen. I I know you're here. I talk to many of you. I fish, so I know how to put a worm on a hook. I know how to cast. I know how to reel it in. But guess what i didn't fish this year yet and i'm okay with that i don't have a passion for fishing i have other passions but if you have a passion for fishing you've been out a ton of times this year you're out a couple times a week and 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 that's your passion and here's what i noticed here's what i found out guys if you follow jesus he turns you in to a fisher of men. he gives you a passion for souls You can't avoid it. It's just something that he gives you. It's something that he fills your heart with. And you have this passion. So if you're sitting here and the last thing you care about is somebody's salvation, I want to encourage you, man. This is your day to make a decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. We'll all we'll all share Christ differently with people. Some are finger pointers, you know, some can knock on a door, somebody answers. They never met him in their life and they can tell them about Jesus. The majority of us in this room are not that way. But guess what? Jesus will use you, your personality. But here's what will happen. He'll give you a passion for souls. You follow him, and every time you meet a person, you're going to think, where are they at with Jesus? Do they know my Jesus? And you're going to start a strategy. You'll start praying for him. You'll start looking for an open door so you can share. And if you don't have that, I'm going to tell you, just follow Jesus. Oh, start reading your Bibles more. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's going to give you this passion. When you read Jesus say that the only way to the Father is through me, every time you see someone, you're going to think, did they they, they accept Christ? Because that's the only way to get to the Father. And it just begins to change the very way you and I think. Here's number three. Followers bear fruit. Fruit is something we all like. Kind of wish Jesus said, followers bear chocolate or something, because I think we have way more passion for sweets, don't we, than fruit. But fruit in this situation, I'm going to read a scripture, it's referring to, to something we produce that's God like or Christ like. And notice what he says in John 15:5. Yes. I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. So remaining in him is following him and he's just saying if you follow me, something really cool is gonna happen, you're gonna produce fruit and this fruit would be like kindness and joy and patience and love. He didn't say you'd be perfect, he didn't say you wouldn't have a bad day every now and then or a bad moment, But he just said, you'll begin to produce fruit. And people around you will notice peace, joy, and love, and kindness. Now, I do have a fruit that I love, I crave. It's watermelon. And in the summer, we cut it up and we put it in the refrigerator. And if I come in the house hot from outside and I see a container of watermelon, I'll eat the whole thing. Now, I might get up every hour that night, but I don't care. I can't get enough of cold watermelon. I love it. And you know what happens when you and I begin to bear fruit? And it's automatic. You follow Jesus, you'll begin to bear fruit. You begin to bear fruit, people are going to get around you, and all they're going to know is, I like being with this person. They may not know exactly why, but they're going to want to get to know you they're going to, get to want to get to know what you think, because you are fruit. Fruit is something people look at and say, I want to taste that. I want some of that. And that's what happens when we follow Jesus. So that's impact number three. And uh, impact number four is followers are free. And I woke up this morning, and I was laying in bed, and I was going over this in my mind, and I kind of, I see outlines in my mind, so I just see the outline, and I'm just thinking about each point. And, uh, I thought I should have have put followers become free because it's a process, but I think you understand what I'm saying. And listen to this scripture, John 8, 31, 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And this is all about how do we follow Jesus? Jesus. We're faithful to his teachings. We find out what he said. That's verse 31. And he says, if you follow me, your eyes will be open and you'll see things, you'll see the truth, and the truth will set you free. We know from the verses below, 34, 35, and 36, he's talking about being free from sin. That's what the subject is here, freedom from sin. And it's amazing, as I follow Jesus, it's amazing what he did in my life. It's absolutely amazing. And some of you, are in here, and you're struggling with things, you're struggling with maybe alcohol or drugs, maybe fear. I wrote to remind myself, I wrote beer and fear. That's what I wrote here to remind myself of what story I wanted to say. Spell them different, but you say them the same. Listen, the Bible doesn't say it's a sin to take a drink. It says it's a sin to be drunk. That's what the Bible teaches, guys. And I don't drink for conscience sake because I know people think it's a sin so I just, because I'm a preacher, I don't touch it. And I realize people would say, oh, that preacher's a drinker or something like that, you know. So I just don't touch it myself. But in the Bible, it doesn't say it's a sin to have a drink or two. It's a sin to be drunk. And it's not just falling down drunk. You know the glassy-eyed drunk? I've been a, I've been around a so many relatives and I when they get that glassy eye they start saying things they don't want to say and they act ways they don't want to act and I I used to be a drinker and a a, just a got high all the time and as I followed Jesus he just freed me from it it's like I don't I don't care I, I don't need to be drunk I don't need to be high I just don't need that in my life and if you're struggling with something and you want free Might I encourage you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and just follow Jesus and find out what he said and he'll begin to change your very desires. Followers are free and and you might be here and fear might be something that has you in chains and you begin to follow Jesus and you find out what he says and he'll knock the fear out of your heart and out of your life. Now let me ask you a question. When we follow Jesus, we impact our world. Everybody knows if you're a glassy-eyed person. They know if you drink too much. And everybody knows if you're laden with fear. Your close friends all know it. They don't tell you, but they know it. And, and what would happen if they saw your life change? And all of a sudden, they're seeing that you're free. Would that impact them? Absolutely. Not condemning them, but Free. And that's what I want you to walk out understanding today, that God has created us to be free, and we're free as we just simply follow. So every one of us in this room, those that are already a follower, those that want to be a follower, there's something I want to close with and and make sure you understand. And it goes like this. I just call these the three obstacles to following Jesus. And and there's three of them. They're, They're the main obstacles. The first one is people we love. doesn't have to be the people we love, but it can be the people we love. It could also be friends, because sometimes we're closer to a friend than we are a relative. And listen, listen to what the Bible says about this in Luke 14, 26. Those who come to me cannot be my disciple unless they love me more than they love father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and themselves as well. And here's what I wrote down, the question you must ask, and I must ask, whom are you going to please? Because the bottom line is, the one you love is the one you please. And he didn't tell us not to love our families. Some translations say you have to hate your mother, your father, your your loved ones. The Greek word hate means to love less than, so that's why I thought I'd use this translation. So as you and I follow Jesus, There will always come times when someone that's close to us doesn't want us to take a step that Jesus wants us to take. And we have to make a decision at that point who am I going to please? You're not trying to please me. You have to see it in the Bible and know it's what Jesus wants you to do. Not trying to please your church. You're trying to please the master. And Jesus says if you're going to follow me, There will be times when you and I have to make decisions on who we're going to please. And a story comes to mind, this is about 20 years old, and and it's an interesting story. I had a guy come into my office, he wanted to see me, and he was real involved here, and a great guy, he was about my age at the time, we were in our 30s at the time. And he looked at me and he said, I'm going to leave believers, but I don't want to that's strange. I'm going to leave, but I don't want to. So one thought that came to mind is he's moving out of town, and I thought, oh man, we're going to miss you. And then he said, I said to him, I said, well, tell me what you mean I'm going to leave, but I don't want to. And here's what he said. He said, my dad doesn't want me coming to this church. And he told me he's not going to talk to me again unless I leave here. So here's what I asked, and that's a tough question. I mean, because we want to have a relationship with our relatives, our parents, and and so I asked him this question. I said, "Tell me something." I said, "Are you coming here just to come here? Is there another church you could go to and be just as happy, or, or do you feel Jesus led you here?" And he looked me in the eyes and he said, "This this Jesus brought me here." He said, "I know Jesus wants me here. I know I'm not supposed to, to leave." But he said, I love my father and he's not well physically and I want to spend his last couple years hanging out with my dad. Now that's a tough, how many can agree that's a tough counseling session right there? That's tough. And when I get in tough counseling sessions, I think of scriptures and I just ask myself, where's the scripture? Because I want the scripture to speak to him, not me. And I showed him Luke, where I just read what what I read to you. And I said, you know, this is a situation where You have to decide if you're going to please Jesus because you're telling me he wants you here or please your father. Who are you going to please? And I told him this, and this is true. I've pastored the same church for 30 years. I'm telling you, this is true. I said, you'll impact your father for the good if you obey Jesus. He may not like it at first, but you'll probably save his soul if you obey Jesus because it's going to impress him that you're willing to obey Jesus. And I said, you need to look at your dad and say, I love you more than you ever know, but I have to follow Jesus. And you're going to have situations, you and I, like that all the time where people aren't going to want us to do what Jesus wants us to do, and we just have to decide we're going to please Jesus instead of people. And people that please people, they end up stop following Jesus, they stop following him, and they never impact their world. When we follow him, we impact our world. That's important to know. Now, here's the next one. The next one goes like this. Sinful desires. That's an obstacle, guys. And here's a scripture, Luke five twenty three. Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is really cool. Notice how the decision to pick the cross up is ours. We, we don't have to pick it up. The cross represents death. That's where Jesus was crucified. He was crucified on the cross. And Jesus tells us every day we have to make a decision to pick our cross up and follow him. And all that means is this. Here's the question you must to ask yourself. Will you nail sinful desires to the cross? That's a huge question in all of our lives. And they can be really bad things or, or not so bad things. And I'm going to give you an example in my life. I, I always try to help young people because uh, I know what young people deal with in culture. I, I accepted Christ at 19, so it's hard to believe. But I was young at 19, guys, and, 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 I, I, and I, was, I, I was in the world real deep. So here's the first thing that happened. I start following Jesus, and, and I literally did this. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I read the Bible a couple hours every day when I accepted Christ. I couldn't stop reading it. I would just read it every night for hours and just read it. And then I see these things Jesus would say. And I was sexually active before I met Christ. And then I read that we're not supposed to have sex till we get married. And I didn't like that part of the Bible. I wanted a pair of scissors to to cut it out. Very disappointing part of the Bible. Seriously. So now I'm following Jesus. And he's telling me I can't have sex till I get married. So I start thinking, who can I marry? I want to get married today. And uh, I waited five years to get married. So so then, to make it worse, I'm following Jesus. And I'm just hanging out with him in the Bible, just hanging out. And he said, it's the same as having sex if you think it in your mind. He said, if you lust after somebody, that's the same as having sex. And so then he took pornography away from me. That really made me upset because I liked it. So now he's telling me I can't have sex outside of marriage and I can't look at pornography. And I had to make a decision. I was about 20 at the time. I had turned 20. I had to make a decision. What am I going to do, follow Jesus? If I do, I have to nail this to the cross. I have to pick the cross up and say, I'm going to walk away from it. And I made the decision to walk away from it. I'm glad I did changed my life. And I know if I didn't walk away from it, I would have walked away from Jesus eventually. Sin always pulls you out away from Jesus. And when you follow him and you see what he says, you just, he makes it like no preacher told me I had to do. I just did it because I wanted to, because I saw it in the Bible. But then as I grew as a Christian, I saw something else. This was even harder. Do you know the Bible says we're not supposed to speak anything negative about another person? that was harder than not having sex, I'm telling you right now. (laughs) And it's like, don't speak evil of another person. And I remember when I made a decision one day, I'm going to nail that to the tree. I'm going to pick up my cross in this area and I'm going to obey Jesus. That was 10 times harder for me. It could be anything, but when you follow him, Jesus begins to deal with you and an obstacle to following him will be sinful desires that you have to make a decision to nail them to the cross. And no matter where you're at with God, they keep trying to come back. So you, you, you and I got to just constantly say, I'm going to nail this, I'm going to nail that. I'm, I'm not going to do that particular thing anymore. Here's, here's number three, personal, personal aspirations and desires. And listen to what Jesus said in Luke 14:33. Simply put, if you're not willing to take what, you're, what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. Question you must ask is, are you willing to let go of anything? And, and we always fear this because we think Jesus is gonna send us to the heart of the jungle, and if, if I really give in to Jesus, he's gonna make me go, go to some jungle and be a missionary. So we always fear that. There might be one of you, two of you in this crowd that he might send you to be missionaries somewhere. But for the majority of us, it's not about that. It's just about making a decision to follow him and, 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 and making a decision that we want to do what he wants more than what we want. And sometimes personal aspirations get in the way and we have to make that decision. I'm going to do what he wants, and not what I want. And the stories are different with every one of us, but real quick... When I was a young Christian, I'm had a, I, I, following Jesus. I'm in my 20s, and I had an offer from my uncle. He wanted us to come out to California and buy his business. It was in Southern California. It was very good, very prosperous business. And he had offered for us to buy it, and he wanted to be the bank. So that means I didn't have to go for a loan. He was going to let me pay him back over time. And uh, I was so excited about it i mean i was so excited first of all southern california and then nice money i mean it doesn't get much more exciting than that for a kid and i'm real excited and uh then jesus you follow him sometimes he'll he'll he'll, he'll shock you jesus told me I, I want you to go to bible school i like lord let me be a business person and i'll pay for other people to go to bible school but i don't want to go to bible school and he's dealing with me go to bible school go to Bible school in Oklahoma, and all I could think about Oklahoma is, what's there? And and uh, I didn't want to go, but then I d- decided I'm going to go, and I had to give up some personal aspirations. It may never come to that for you, but here's the question. Are you willing to let anything go if Jesus tells you to? And the Greek word here, kiss goodbye, the Greek word also means to rearrange. It has two meanings, and uh, the main one is to Forsake or to kiss goodbye. But it also has the meaning of rearranging. And here's what I notice as I follow Jesus. My life keeps getting out of whack. And I have to keep rearranging my priorities. And I'm a preacher. But there are times when I have to just look at my life and say, God's not first in, in my devotions. I, I have to I have to up my devotions. I have to do this. And all of us have to do that as we follow Christ. And some of you might be sitting here and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Joe? My personal life has gotten in the way and I need to make some adjustments and not throw something out, but reprioritize. And there's some of you here, Jesus wants you to let go of something and pursue him in a different light. And I'm going to end with a scripture. This is a cool scripture. It goes like this, John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And here's what I like about this. God has a voice, and as I taught today, there were some scriptures God spoke to your heart as I read scriptures, and some stories he spoke to your hearts. He'll also just speak to your heart right now as we just have a little time of prayer, and and I like what he said. He said, my sheep, that's anybody that's a Christian. If you've accepted Christ, you're a sheep. He said, we listen to his voice, and we follow him, and that's my encouragement today. If you have to make some adjustments, make them. If you have to nail something to the cross, Nell to the cross. If you have to make a decision to please him over a person, let's make that decision today. Let's impact our world. Let's change our lives and the lives around us. Can we close our eyes? Can we look up to heaven? We're praying for ourselves first, guys. Let's look up to heaven. And Lord, I've done my best to teach the Bible as best as I know how. And Lord, I, I thank you for every person in this room. And right now we're looking to you. You've already spoken to many of our hearts. Some you're speaking right now. And Lord, we just make this a God time between us and you. Lord, for some we're deciding right now we're going to follow you. We're just going to start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John more. And we're going to find out what you said. And we're going to begin to put it into practice. We're going to hang out with you a little bit every day, Lord. So that decision, people right now, Lord, are making that. Others are saying, I used to. I need to remake it. Lord, and others are making a decision to pick the cross up and others to please you over people and others to release personal desires and aspirations. Lord, I thank you that only you can speak to our hearts. i want to give you guys about 30 seconds to close the deal with Jesus right now. Father, I thank you that when we follow Jesus, we impact our world, and uh, so many decisions to keep following you, to follow you at a higher level, to begin to follow you have been made, and I thank you that our lives and the people around us, their lives will never be the same, Lord. Guys, can we bow our heads, close our eyes, just stay in prayer another moment. If you walked in here today and you weren't sure of your eternity, you say, man, I, I I can't follow him. I haven't accepted him yet. But you say, I'm ready to do that, Pastor Joe. I believe he died for my sins. I believe that he is the son of God. And I'm ready to receive him into my life. And I'm ready to accept what he's done for me. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If if, if you're here and you say, I'm ready, I want to pray with you right now. If you call on his name, he'll save you. He pursued you. He came after you. And if you say, I see that. I'm ready today. Would you pray with me? Everyone else in the church, would you help them pray? And just simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I repent of all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe what the Bible says about you. That you died for my sins. That God raised you up out of that grave. And this day, I receive you as Savior. I make you the Lord of my life and I decide to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.